Hey guys, welcome to Tom Talks. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about... Fun Christmas ideas for the family. A new kind of hood you may not have heard of. Dallas is making evictions easier. A new home community in the south of Fort Worth. And not all rentals are scams, but this one is. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Jung. I'm your host. And I'm Jack Lisenby, co-host. And this is a show about everything Dallas-Fort Worth, real estate, and some sprinkle of other stuff <laughs> here and there. Um, before we get started, we are real estate agents. We would love to help you. If you're looking to buy or sell in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can find us at TomsTexasRealty.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Texas at, at Tom's Texas Realty. Dang, I was going so good. Like, it's <laughs> very smooth there. And then uh, TikTok at Tom.Things if you want to watch clips of cool stuff, yeah. aka this podcast. So, so did you have a good Veterans Weekend? Yes, went out to Vegas, spent way too much money, drank way too much alcohol. Wow, well, you did Vegas correctly. Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. I did, uh, did nothing cool like that. Actually, I went to a match game. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was and great. they won. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, my buddy got tickets like four rows back from the bench, mm-hmm. and you just every time like those guys stand up, you're like, wow, they really are super tall. <laughs> it, it doesn't look it's like, like it almost on TV. seven feet tall. Yeah, it's crazy. And then there was Mark Cuban, which I thought was. Uh, yeah, like anytime there was like a timeout, he'd get up and he'd go over and talk to the team or whatever. He's just looking up at him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, towards the end, he's like, hey, no, no fouls, no fouls, guys, no fouls. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You're not, you're not the coach, but I guess you own the team, you do what you want. That's fair. So, anyways, it was a good time. But uh, what are we kicking off with today? So I know it's not quite Thanksgiving yet, but everyone's got to start preparing for Christmas because that takes a month mm. and a half at least. My friends put their Christmas tree up already. I know. I was actually thinking about it. I was going to order like a small one. I was like, it's not even Thanksgiving yeah, yet. Yeah, you're I supposed to do it the day. Right. Some people do it at Thanksgiving because they have the day uh, off or the day yeah. after. Like Either way, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're planning way ahead of time, probably not as far out as Walmart, but you know, the, uh, the a good thing that a lot of people like to do during the Christmas time that's really cheap and fun for the kids is Christmas lights. Uh, like they like to drive around at night and look Used at... Used to be, but yeah. gas prices. Whew. Yeah, that's... But we got an electric oh car. <laughs> Biden, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 Fix this. No, but um, if, you, if you'd like to add a little sweet little twist to it, I actually went on a tour uh, about a month ago in Dallas called uh, sponsored by Dallas Bites. They have a chocolate tour where they go around to different mm-hmm. chocolatiers and and like candy stores and stuff like that and you get to try like all these gourmet chocolates and they have like a selection of free things for you to pick from at each one of them but they've integrated this chocolate tour with their Christmas lights tour starting the day after Thanksgiving so the 26th of November you can take a tour on a chartered bus around to different Christmas lights and have a certain a select number of stops to test out different types of chocolates. That's I was, pretty cool. Yeah. So each tour is different, but I would like to give just a quick little um uh like glimpse into what it was that we did and like what all we experienced so people have a good idea. Yeah. Um so the first thing we did, I showed up and uh I was supposed to meet somebody there, they weren't able to make it, so I was riding solo for this one. But uh we met up in a Tom Thumb parking lot and they had a uh, like a shuttle bus, a nice little shuttle bus. The inside's nice and everything, comfy. You get in, and the first place they took us to was the Village Baking Co., which is actually really good, by the way. It's like French-style bread with, mixed with uh, chocolate in a lot of cases. So the thing they gave us was like a chocolate, um, like a conch or a, uh, like a croissant almost. Okay. Really good. Second place was, uh, it was called... 
Cocopelli Sweets. It's like a little candy store or whatever, but they had like brownies with like powdered sugar that was really good. They had Dude Sweet, which was kind of like a like an experimental chocolate place. Okay. So the one that, the the free item we got there was like a truffle, but it was made with like tea tree or uh, um yeah tea tree leaves, and it had like an earthy flavor to it. So that hmm. one was a little interesting. And then there was actually a pop-up by one of Kate Weiser Chocolate Companies. Um, so Kate Weiser is one of like the biggest chocolatiers in DFW. Okay. And one of her apprentices actually had a little pop-up at a, at a coffee shop, and we got to try a bunch of gourmet bonbons, which were really cool. And then lastly, we went to Baldo's Ice Cream, which wasn't really chocolate-specific, but, you know, we got chocolate just, you know, in the spirit of things. Okay. <laughs> So Love it. Like I said, each tour is different, but it's really cool. There's usually 20 to 30 people on the tour, so a good number of people, but not, like, crowded or anything. Were there a lot of kids, or is it more adults? It was, or? So it was all adults whenever we went. They mm-hmm. do have uh, wine and beer available for people on the bus if they're over 21, obviously, but you can bring kids. Okay. Uh, so especially the Christmas Lights Tour is really popular with little kids and stuff like that, and I yeah. believe under three gets on for free. Very cool. What's, um, so if somebody wants to do this, how do they find out more? So you can Google Dallas Bites or Dallas Chocolate Tours, and they're like the first things that pop up. That's awesome. They're really good. Okay. They've got a bunch of different ones like taco tours and stuff like that too, but the chocolate one's the best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on this episode of Does It Slap with Jack. It slaps. It slaps. All right. <laughs> Pretty hard. Where's the whack of Jack? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, speaking of slapping, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a hood today. Ooh. But not the bad kind of hood. <laughs> that was rough. Uh, this is a hood I didn't know existed until yesterday. Okay. But apparently there are new communities going up with agri-hoods. And, yeah, okay. yeah, it's just like, okay, that doesn't seem like a word that should... Yeah, it's yeah. a weird portmanteau between agriculture and hood eyes. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, anyways, there... <laughs> <laughs> there's a podcast, there's a website about this. It's kind of a big deal for at least a small niche of people, enough so to support uh, all of this stuff. I don't know. It's cra- It's still mind-blowing to me, but I actually think it's a great idea. Okay. So what it is is really a master plan community um, that has, like, a, a farm essentially in it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so the community grows their own crops. They you know, eat the crops, everything they've got. Um, there's only one that I know of in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. and this is up in, uh, if you were listening last week, about our uh, best suburbs <laughs> of Fort Worth. Um, this is in the Harvest Community in Argyle. So this is right up 35 before you get to Denton. And they have a full-time farmer, Farmer Joe, I think is his name. And, uh, Sounds like a joke. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> But you can go out and plant stuff, and I, I think it's a great idea for two reasons. Number one, uh, your kids get to learn mm-hmm. about gardening and all that kind of stuff. I remember when I was a kid, and we grew uh, we grew watermelons. Oh, okay. That's yeah, cool. it was such a pain to go water them every day because <laughs> we had to like haul the hose out there, and yeah, and uh, but some of the best watermelons I ever had in my life. So, anyways. Um, a little reminiscing there, <laughs> but uh, this is a new home community. They've been they've been building up there for quite a while, but they're starting a new phase. They're building all new model homes, and so um, I think half the homes. This is, we also figured out yesterday. Half the homes sold in Argyle are new, so it's like hmm. it's a growing community. It's very very new, but this is really neat. There's another one down in Houston. I think it's called Harvest Greens. Um, I think it's same type of thing on a much larger scale, and they're starting to pop up all over the U.S. 
The reason I think it's cool is like if you're like a doomsday person, yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like if there's I don't I don't know how much it it grows or whatever, but mm-hmm. I feel like you could have a plan to you know, buckle down if the zombies show Honestly, up. Honestly, that was like the first thing my mind went to was like, uh, what was the thing that they had in Oregon where they walled off an entire portion of the city? Oh, uh, the PDZ or something? Yeah. PZD. Anyway, so, yeah. It, that's the first thing I thought is like, if the world just, you know, crap hits the fan, they just build up a fence around their neighborhood. They're like, we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyways, agrihoods, new thing. Um, yeah. So okay, that's pretty look cool. out. Well, um, if any of those people living in that neighborhood aren't able to pay their rent to their landlord, Mm -hmm. um, they may not be in as much luck as the people in Dallas because the city council on Wednesday actually voted on, or I'm sorry, passed a temporary ordinance in place of the COVID ordinance for for evictions. So the way it currently stood, I should say, the way it stood up until last Wednesday was if you were affected by... The COVID-19, specifically the verbiage said COVID-19, then you could stay the notice on your uh, eviction up to 60 days. You could have it extended. Uh, originally, it was uh, yet the, the landlord had a 21-day notice period. They could take action on it uh, after the 24th day, I believe it was, and then you could get it extended up to 60 with a notice that you had economic hardship due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But that's becoming increasingly difficult to prove for a lot of people, and a lot of people still need that extra um, that extra time to get things together because, you know, we're kind of dealing with something economically right now. So what Dallas has done is they've kind of met in the middle with these two things. Landlords okay. are obviously having an issue with people because they, sure. they need to make money on they that. They got a mortgage to right. pay. Yeah, no money so to pay it with. They, they want to be able to shorten the termination period or the uh, eviction period, mm-hmm. and they also want to allow people who are still dealing with economic hardships uh, just because of the world at the moment to be able to extend it if need be. So what they proposed and pushed forward as a temporary ordinance so far is a uh, is they've changed the verbiage to where it says instead of due to COVID-19, it says due to unforeseen economic hardships. So it has become a lot more broad mm. and a lot easier to apply for, but they've reduced the notice period from 21 days to 10 days. So you have about a week and a half to figure out, hey, was I affected by economic hardships and do I need to put in an application for extension before you know your, your landlord can take action on it after I believe 14 days. Okay. So uh, that that's going to help out a lot of people who may still be struggling with something because we've had more than just coronavirus going on. But it also helps out landlords for the people who are just like, you know, kicking the can down the road. Yeah. What's your take on this? Do, do you think? I think it's a very interesting thing there. Like I said, it's still a temporary ordinance. They're going to vote on it. Um, so they, they've pushed it to for viewing uh, as of today, which will be Tuesday whenever this comes out. And then um, – they're going to vote on it early December to see if they're going to uh, create or make this draft like the the, the final one. Uh, because as it stands, you don't need to be approved for this extension. You just need to put the application in uh, because there's no real system put in place for it. Right. And that's that's probably the biggest issue is lack of oversight. So, so is there something – did you say there was something in place already that mm-hmm. allows people to stay longer? Correct. So Dallas had a ordinance for – 
coronavirus at the time, whenever it came out as yeah. like a uh, rental relief or eviction relief, sure. that allowed them to extend it up to 60 days total from... Did that expire days. or is that still in place? So that has been replaced by the current one, which is they have 10 days to put in the application, gotcha. if, the 10-day notice, and then they can extend it to 60 days due to unforeseen economic hardships. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. This may be unpopular, but I think that's the whole thing's dumb. Like, I think they're not going about it in the best way. I understand where they're coming from, but yeah, well, especially like, all right, COVID ended. I'm sorry, COVID right. ended over a year ago, yeah, and ago. yeah, <laughs> it, at least. And there have been employers are having a hard time mm-hmm. finding people to work, right? Yeah. So if like I, I, I don't know, I don't have a lot of sympathy. If, well, you, it's so this is specifically for Dallas, and I understand yeah. why they have a lot of. Um, they, they have such economic diversity and, unfortunately, a lot of poverty as well. And mm. it would hurt them to have to re – it may be cheaper for them as a city and taxpayers to allow this and hurt rent uh, uh, landlords as opposed to devoting more taxes to, like, their their homeless and their, their, um, their support programs and things like that. Like, they recently bungled a homeless shelter down in – uh, Oak Cliff, they put yeah. it in, in like a residential area and basically like it was a huge disaster and everything. So they're not doing so hot in that regard. And I don't think they can afford the extra money. So this may just be a stop loss situation. Yeah. It just seems like it seems like the government made a mistake mm-hmm. or they caused this economic issue. Right. Yeah. And then now they're deciding who's going to pay for it, the investor or the tenant. Basically, and unfortunately, it sort of passes from the investor to the tenant if they don't do it properly, and it sounds like that's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, <laughs> well, really, it should be the government's issue, right. which is everybody's issue now. So, yeah, okay, government. It should be smaller. That's my opinion. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, hopefully they can uh, dislodge their head from the rectums. Yeah, well, I can tell you a place that they don't have this ordinance is in Edgecliff Village, mm. and that's where I live. Shout out to the to the village. Um <laughs> Many, many people don't even know this place exists, and you wouldn't if you blinked while you were driving past it, because uh, it's literally the size of a subdivision. Like it's, you know, it's much smaller than Walsh Ranch. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it's, a, it's. There's not many homes. It's Anyways, like one zip code, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And so it's not even of like we don't even have our own full zip code. Like we oh. share it with Crowley, Dang. and uh, so it's on the south side of Fort Worth, in between Fort Worth and Crowley. And there is a new home development over there. Uh, it's called Villages at Edge Cliff, and they're new homes in the 300s. And they're anywhere from 1,600 to 2,700 square feet. And so for the location, very affordable, um, but also <laughs> very affordable uh, in this right, market. Relatively. <laughs> relatively very affordable. Um, and it, they're built by Starlight Homes, which... I would call a minimalist production mm. builder. And I don't know that that term exists, but I'm going to coin it today. Okay. So basically a production builder is somebody that builds a bunch of houses that are all like fairly the same. D.R. Horton. Yeah. And I'm saying minimalist because they don't do anything fancy with their homes. They don't, they don't put fancy trim on. There's no crown molding. It's all very basic. And I think most of them are all the same materials. So if you walk into you know, a couple of the houses, they're all going to look the same. And this is a way they keep their costs down. So they're at like one, uh, the prices are around 190 a square foot for like 1800 square foot house. Okay. And in the, in the 
general Fort Worth area for a new home, you're looking at like 205 to 210 a square foot. So it's, it's drastically less for what you're getting, but it's also, you know, you don't have any gutters. You've got a 20 year roof on it. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things that they can do to save, they do. Um, and I guess some of that's passed on to you. But, uh, but anyways, it's a new home. So you get all the benefits of a new home, right? Right. New AC, new water heater, you, know, you yeah, got a home warranty. Yeah, and the other great thing about Edgecliff, and this is one of the reasons I've moved there, was they have their taxes are lower than Fort Worth. So you basically get Fort Worth living for less taxes. And okay. it's like uh, it ranges from like 2.2% to 2.4, depending on where you're at. And Fort Worth is generally 2.68 of your property value. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not a ton, but it, it does does help. And right now they have incentives where you can get $20,000 off. You can get $20,000 towards a, a buy down, which we talked about the other day on your, on your loan. And also just so folks are aware, if you are looking for a new home, number one, you can use an agent these guys <laughs> right here. Right. And, uh, we do have incentives of our own for those who are looking to buy a new home. We can save you up to $12,000, uh, when you go to purchase that home. So, uh, there's no reason not to have a real estate agent. And I don't, I don't think we, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but the way that these production builders work is not like you think it would. Like a lot of people think, Hey, if I go in without a real estate agent, they're saving 3%. Right. Uh, I can negotiate that 3%. Well, that's not how these large corporations operate. They have marketing budgets, mm -hmm. AKA real estate agents, the flyers, all that other kind of stuff. And they know starting off the year, I think it's like 85% of homes have a real estate agent, like new homes. Mm -hmm. And so they, they know what their numbers are starting off and it doesn't change whether there's an agent in there or not. The exception to this is if you're working with like a custom builder right. that only builds a few homes a year, then that's different. Right. Like a very small operation. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, all these production builders, so there's no reason not to have an agent. Um, but if you're if you're going to have an agent, have an agent that deals with new homes. So, right. Because there's, there's some things that we've seen that we're like, eh, okay. It's been interesting. We're still dealing Very with Very interesting. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's all I got. New home. Okay. If you're looking to buy, call us. Well, if you're not looking to buy, just be careful who you rent from because we have a story of a couple out in McKinney who almost got screwed. <laughs> um, there was a small family. They had been living in an apartment over in McKinney for a while. They just, the, whoever the apartment manager was, just wasn't keeping it up to date. Like there was mold growing and everything. Just not great. Ooh. Yeah. So they were in desperate need to uh, move out of their current apartment. So they did the first thing that most Americans do whenever they need to find a new place to live. They got on Zillow and um, they found a, they found a listing actually. It wasn't too far away, a few miles away, two story, had everything they needed. And they're like, awesome. That's the one. So the first thing they do, they call the number on the website and they get a hold of this person and they talk over the phone and the person claimed to be the owner and said, Hey, um, yeah, you want to go take a look at it? I got you. He sent over the combination. So they get to this house and they punch in the combination for the, the key box, open it up. It works. They get the key, walk in. It's a vacant house. The wife loves it. They decide this is the one. Let's move forward on it. So they're moving fast as lightning already. And they reach back out to the guy and like, hey, we want to make an offer on this. And he's like, awesome, bet you're the only one. So what I'm going to need you to do is uh, I need you to pay for, you know, first, last month's rent, security deposit, all the typical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he needed it over Zelle which isn't uncommon. Yeah. Like a lot of renters or uh, landlords will 
require from a payment app in a lot of cases just for convenience. So in total, they sent over $4,000 up front. And then they move in the within the next few days, and everything's great. And then four days later, a rep from a company called First Key shows up to their house, knocks on their door, and is like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and they're obviously in shock because they find out that this person is the real owner of the house and did not consent to the rental of this property at all. Oh, wow. So they get a hold, They try to get a hold of the person that they called, and they're not able to. And lo and behold, this person just scammed them out of about four grand in a rental scam for a house that he didn't even own. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, the the big the big takeaways here was they went and they never met this person like physically. They just talked to him over the phone. He had them pay um, outside of like a contract or anything like that before they ever signed. Mm. Um, and then he didn't require a background check or a yeah. credit check. So these these are <laughs> that's a, a big red flag, right? Right, and so the, and a lot of people may not have dealt with this. It may be their first time renting, or sure. it may have been a while. But uh, there's an ongoing investigation to try and find out more about this person. But safe to say, these people's money it's gone. And I'm surprised he let him move in. Right, right. Like he wasn't doing this with multiple people. I I bet you he's he's somewhere on the inside, so they're probably going to be able to get a hold of this person because to give out that combination info, he would have either had to have viewed it himself in some way or another or have access to that information. Yeah. Yeah, so he had access to somebody else's key box info. Uh, but basically with the way interest rates are looking, inflation and everything, renting is becoming a lot more prevalent for people uh, yeah. who may not have the best credit scores or something like that. And uh, a lot of people, the, the rental market is starting to scramble a little bit with how quickly the economy is shifting. And unfortunately for these scammers, that makes it very profitable and easy for them to get away with it because people are willing to kind of like the, the housing so market a couple years They're ago. Like, yes, I want to. I want a lot it. of oversight yeah. or um, uh, looking past things that yes. you really shouldn't. Yeah, one of the things you could do uh, if there's not an, a realtor involved in the transaction is go to the tax rolls and make sure that the person that you're dealing with is the same name that's on the tax rolls because mm -hmm. unless that unless that house was sold within like a couple of days it's going to be updated on the on your county tax rolls right county yeah yeah um yeah and if not don't send them the money. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing was make sure you have something in writing, have a contract. If they don't yeah. ask for a background check, that's like – Well, see, but what would it yeah. matter? Even if you signed a contract as the other person, nobody's ever going to know. That's fair. But considering the fact that they wouldn't be meeting in person, they would have some sort of like digital uh, signature more than likely, which is yeah. potentially forgeable, but it's just more paper trail. That's uh, true. They could probably trace down the email that it went to. And yeah, something. Who knows? So either way, just – be careful. <laughs> yeah. Heads up. That's going on. Well, yeah. cool. Well, if you would like, uh, if you'd like to buy or I guess rent a house, we, we sometimes help with that. It's not our specialty, but uh, for all of your real estate needs, give us a shout. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.